listening to the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. And the NFL. 1.16 to go, 41 yards. Cardona to Allen. How about the drive to go close it out? You see Tom Brady. Enjoy him, folks. You're never, ever going to see it again. Not in our lifetime. Nope. So here's Zerline, part one, 48 yards. And we'll end it. No good. The rain continues. Yes, it does. They've got to snap it one more time. The ball will end up in the hands of Tom Brady on the kneel down. And there it is. The dynasty continues. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. You know, we're... we're um... we, we touched on the NFL for a while, and I think, I think tonight... It... I feel like it always works its way back to NFL references, at least. Right. But, yeah. You know, this we, is, we've got lots to talk about tonight. This is a, a wild card episode, not the NFL playoff round, <laughs> but we're just kind of going to go with the flow here and talk about whatever we want. If if you're listening live and you want to leave a comment on the, the Facebook stream or a tweet on the Periscope uh, feed, you know, the email, jomazeandjraff at gmail.com. You want to send us a text, you know, something to talk about, a comment that can take us in a direction, that's fine. We have things that we can talk about, and we will start that way. You know, we want to talk a little Penn State, Phillies. And like Justin said, that we always have NFL to talk about, even if it is the middle of June. And a majority, if not all, teams have now dismissed for the next month as they get ready for training camp. Uh this time in about f- four or five weeks for for every team, yep. I believe. So yeah, it's crazy. This time, like at this point next month, um, the teams, especially the teams that uh, playing that Hall of Fame game, or have a rookie head coach, yeah, will probably have will have reported. Um, when you think about when you throw in the rookie head coach part, now it. It's just any new head coach, right? Like yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not like first-time head coaches. Correct. It's I, any I just, team with that is starting with a new coach. The coach could have coached other places. Imagine, as the head. imagine if that was in there, like that. It had to be the coach's first year as a head Man, coach. That'd be different, huh? Yeah, like it. You know, there's lots of meaningless. Like I don't want to say meaningless. There's lots of weird rules. That would definitely be one of them. Yeah, for sure. So, I think first off. 
we'll start with, well, let, you know, let's give out the contact info. I mentioned it, but let me pull it up and put it on the screen so that people can take a look at it so that you can see the email. Uh, I actually do have the phone connectivity here, so if anyone sees that and wants to give us a call, that's cool too. But text, email, Facebook, Twitter, you know, social media, all that good stuff is right up our alley. And we'd love to hear from you this evening, especially when we just kind of have this, uh, you know, whatever. So it's almost like a impromptu listener special, but we are going to talk some sports topics that we're interested in. And I think first up is talk about some Major League Baseball, which we haven't done in a while. But we need to touch on the Phillies because we didn't do a baseball preview. Yeah. So we didn't get to talk about a lot. And I think actually all this baseball, the end of the hot stove and the start of spring training was happening when we had our interview with Chad Henney. Right. And then we took like six weeks off. Right. So we didn't really get to talk much baseball at all. And I know there's a few listeners out there that love when we talk baseball. So let's uh, let's do some of that now and touch on the Phillies because, you know, there's only one sport that we don't share a love for the same team and that is pro football every other sport we like you know yeah. we're phillies fans we're flyers fans we're sixers fans we're penn state fans <laughs> so uh, the only time that we don't have an agreement although at least it, over the last few years you know i can at least be okay with the eagles which and i don't know that you ever hated the dolphins no no, so. no like and again much like you know how you have evolved on your Eagles take, you know, I would say where you're at now, that's kind of where I am with the Dolphins and kind of always have been. Like, actually, I probably would say I, I rooted for them when I was little because my mom really liked the Dolphins because um, of Don Shula, who was with the Baltimore Colts, Colts before yeah. that. Right. So, um, but anyway, so with that, I, um, like, I liked the Dolphins when I was a kid, but, like, not – they weren't, like, my favorite team or anything. But, again, being in the AFC, it's not like there was – it's not at all, like, a natural rivalry with the Eagles or anything like that. Um, but, like, yeah, is I, I would I would root for the Dolphins. It's not like – it's not like one of us likes the Giants, one of us likes the Eagles. Yeah, or no, like, I root be... for, like, you know, the Jets and the, and right. the, and the Dolphins. It, that, would, that would be tougher. But, like, yeah, we're, we're just kind of – you know, split there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it for the Phillies, um, you know, obviously the huge off season and the obvious huge one is Bryce so Harper. many ways, right? The obvious one is Bryce Harper, you know, 13 year deal, all that stuff, like all those things. Like I had, I had written it off. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was actually, <laughs> I'll never forget that. This was a weird day. We had, we had a half day of school. And then we had in-service in the afternoon. And for that in-service, I was in a group. Not everyone did this, but I was in a group that went and took a tour of the Career and Technology Center. few reasons. We don't need to get really into those. But it was it was actually a really cool day like to get to see some of that stuff and kind of take bits and pieces that I can work back into class. It, it was actually it was a really good and, and useful day. Um. On the way back, the bus didn't pick us up. So we're standing outside where all the kids are getting picked up at the Career and Technology Center, about 30 teachers, and there is no bus for the teachers. Nice. So there we are standing there. We were there about an hour longer than anyone else because the bus wasn't there to pick us up. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> we are all on our phones, and next thing you know, someone got like an alert. 
that went through. And it's like, done. And like it's over. I'd say about ten different people, myself included, started like not, cheering, not jumping up and down, but like yeah, Hug, hugging each up, other. Yeah, like <laughs> high fives and like. There were another 10 that were like, oh my gosh, like that's kind of like, that's cool, you know, but like not like to the outwardly cheer for it. Right. And then there were another 10 who were like, what, what is wrong with these Who people? are you? Like, we've been stuck here an hour. How can you be happy about anything? Right. <laughs> um, and I'm like, it's okay because we got Bryce Harper, you know, kind of like our 2008 saying or 2009 saying. But, um, right. but anyway. That was a big one, but they also had huge pickups. If you look at like Gene Segura, a big pickup, and JT, JT Realmuto. Oh my god! Who like so? I I go on and I do the the um you know check this this uh, contract years, and I'm like, what? We only have Realmuto to the end of the year. I'm like, no, we still have his arbitration rights too. Right, that's incredible. Oh my gosh, yeah. So so anyway, like just the culmination of all those moves, you know, being able to get Harper and then all that stuff. Um, I think the Phillies are, are in a in a good spot. Like while they have, I feel like they haven't hit their stride yet. But it's really hard when you have half your active roster on the right. Injury yeah, list. the, the um, injuries have really hit the relief pitchers now. Like the outfielders are get, take are dropping like right. fries. Flies. I mean, most people probably like if you drop fries. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless they're especially, your fries, especially and you're the flies. Them. Yeah, the flies <laughs> would like if you drop the fries. <laughs> The, but one of the big acquisitions was Andrew McCutcheon, and he was yeah. lost for the year towards ACL, oh, yeah. and an unfortunate, uh, you know, quasi rundown scenario yeah. because of heads up play by was it Ian Kinsler? I think so. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah, to just just catch a uh, Phillies in an awkward spot, and now McCutcheon's out for the year. So they acquired Jay Bruce. They wanted him usually as a bench bat, you know, a fill in, right. and then he's starting most of the games he's yeah. been here right. and has played really well. Right. And now he's out. Now I think his is minor. Yeah, but I don't like, even know that they put him on the IL. I think he's day to day. Yeah. Well, and they also call up Adam Hazley, and then right. after two games two from games. him, he's out with a yeah, groin what strain. The heck? He's groins and hamstrings, and just like. Uh, right. And then when we saw, I mean, I was watching live when Sir Anthony uh, had to get pulled from the game, right. and they were fearing he was going to need Tommy John surgery, but. Right now they're trying to avoid that yeah. and hope that he's back this year, but it just it doesn't sit well for the future. Right. But yeah, it's just been. I mean, David Robertson's barely pitched. We haven't seen Tommy Hunter or Adam Morgan. Like these right. guys are, um, and uh, Dylan Cousins isn't going to play probably the whole year. Roman Quinn just came back. Right. Oh, and then got hit by a pitch, <laughs> like and got hurt. So, yeah, it, it hasn't been smooth for the Phillies. Oh, and not. This is not an injury, but Odubel Herrera. You know, gets essentially eliminated from the team. Um, yeah, they've removed all references to him in the stadium. There's nothing. They removed all the banners, all that stuff like that they have for all the players. Not there anymore. Like, yeah, the roster has taken such a hit, and the fact that they're what a game and a half out of first right now. You know, with what has what has happened to the roster. Like, I know it can be disheartening, and especially when you have games like Friday night. I, I talked to you about this. Like, I haven't been that mad about a baseball game in a long time, mostly because the Phillies haven't played a game meaningful enough for me to be right. mad about in a long time. So when we did that, like, I just wasn't that worried about it. I mean, I, I – let me rephrase it. I haven't been that worried about it. I was mad about the game on Friday, but to get the game last night, um, you know, just the way the game went today was frustrating because it seemed like – they were kind of just giving up on today's. I game would anyway. rather it go the way it went today than the way it went Friday night. Yeah, 
Like yeah. that was awful. Like you and I were watching it simultaneously yeah. and texting each other like immediately, and we could just tell the way it was going. Like well, they kept chipping away at the lead. Well, and then when it's like Brian McCann up, if it's if it's virtually anyone else up, I'm like okay. But Brian McCann, you're like this isn't going to end well. Why? Because he's old and not that good anymore. But he's going to hurt us here, and that's. But what he's happened. now back with the Braves, right. and, and ugh, yeah. So I mean, it is. It but. I think if if the Phillies can get some of those guys back, and that some for some of them that's an if, but some of them are already starting. Like Nishak is is came back today, um, so if they can get some of these guys back, I think they can compete. That like, you know, the Braves are on a hot streak right now, and the Phillies are on this just injured. Like you know, a month basically like five weeks ago, they had a two game lead. There's basically been a three game swing over the last five weeks where the Phillies have had everyone injured. Yep. So I think I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm not as doom and gloom as everyone s- seems to be right now on the Phillies. Yes, it's frustrating. And, like, if the injury thing doesn't change at some point, it's right. just going to be too much to overcome. But I think that they are – I think they're in a better spot than um, than a lot of people kind of anticipated. Like, a big one's Washington right now. Like, because – you kind of want to keep this. I I want to keep this a Braves and Phillies thing. Don't let the Mets and Nationals. Yeah, don't let them. Into it. No, you don't want um, that. Except when they play the Braves. Like I hope they win some. Like the Mets play the Braves next. We play the Nationals next. Right. The Phillies don't play a non NL team, NL East team, till after the All Star. Yeah, game. sometime in July. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it uh, it could be interesting. So. Sorry, I'm trying to close this. No, I can't right. get it to close. So we're just going to let, let that there for now. All right. Well, things started out strong. The Phillies raced out to a 4-0 four, four record. Yeah. Then they blew a game in, I believe, the ninth inning. In yeah, they've, lost, five. It, they've <laughs> lost at least two games. And actually, I don't know what the count was on McCann the other on Friday night. Well, they had two outs. Right. But I know they've lost two games this year where they had two outs and two strikes on the guy. Um. I don't know what the count was on McCann, but if he had two strikes, that would be at least three where they had two strikes I think, and two outs. On I the think guy. he may have had two strikes. I think he may have. <laughs> so, absurd. Yeah. So that's three losses right there. That's a six game swing, you know, in terms of those things. But that's frustrating. And that's to be honest, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but this team feels more like a 2007 Phillies team to me than a 2008 Phillies team. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could, they can I get streaky. That. They can get really streaky. They've got a lot of good pieces, but you're still kind of like, eh. You know, like, they leave you wondering at times. Um, that one turned out okay for the time. You know, the team made the playoffs. They closed that lead on the Braves well, or on the Mets, incredible. which was incredible. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're they're building. They, they've got a lot of young pieces some of these guys got to, you got to figure out some of these positions, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Like I would have been in, I was interested in Keiko more so than um, Kimbrell. Kimbrell just, I don't know. Like I say that he, you know, watch him have a great year, but like, those guys haven't pitched at all yet, and now they're like, "Oh, they'll, they'll probably be ready in July." What do you mean July? Like, what were you doing? Right. Like, like I get it. It's not the same. Like, just throwing, 
you know, not and then not even official like extended spring training or anything because you're not with a team, you're just working out. Like I get that you're gonna need time to come back, but another month, right? But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know if if the Phillies should have charged harder for those guys. Right. But like my dad just texted me and he says that he said at the beginning of the year pitching was going to hurt them again, and I think they were hoping for too much out of Harper. So. Uh, the offense has been inconsistent as a whole. It's the problem is they added pieces, and if they're all firing, it's a tough lineup to beat. Right. When, when, so then that's going back to when McCutcheon was was at the top right. of the order. Right. But I mean, think about the beginning of the year. Um, the inconsistencies were there, but at one point, like they almost the entire non-pitching group, those eight fielders were doing great except for reese he struggled at the very beginning yeah. of the year yeah and he was the one that because i remember texting you guys and it's like man reese gotta get his stuff together then all of a sudden like i feel like everyone dropped and reese was the only one doing right. anything right. but they've that's been the biggest yeah i don't know if i i don't want to say i disagree but i don't know if i fully agree with that because i the think starting the, the bullpen has been an issue but it's I feel like it was because of the starting pitching. The they starting weren't pitching, going deep. Starting pitching was 20th in, in Major League Baseball in innings pitched as of like a week and a half ago. And that was a problem because that was putting strain on the bullpen. Right. Now, some of that comes from some of that comes from the starting pitchers and some of that comes from the managers. Like pulling it to pulling them too early and stuff like that. But most of that's on the pitchers. Like if you pitch in a way that they can't take you out, then there's nothing. And we've seen over the last couple weeks that they've had now, some of that's out of necessity. That they'll leave you in if you're doing well. Um, you look at Pavetta; he had, you know, had the. I was down there for the complete game that he threw. Yeah. Like, um, we've had a couple guys throw complete games over the last couple weeks, and that's awesome and that's huge because it gives the bullpen a rest. But then the bullpen still doesn't look great the next night. But they're down to guys that are really triple A guys at this point, you know. So it, it's hard. I, I mean, I understand. Like, there's only. There's three aspects, pitching, uh, offense, batting, and, and fielding. The only one that people ever really talk about are pitching and batting. No one really ever cares about fielding, although the Phillies were awful in that last year. and They're better this year, but they're still not great. They've right. had their issues. And some of that I, I attribute to not being able to get in a steady rhythm because of all the injuries. All the injury shuffling, yeah. Around. And... Uh, I just don't know which I fear more, the slumping and inconsistent, inconsistent offense or a bullpen that – well, a pitching group that maybe doesn't have the talent. Because the offense has the talent, they're just inconsistent. Whereas the pitching, I don't know, do they? Because Aaron Nola hasn't been himself. No, nope. Nola hasn't he's, been himself. He was terrible at the beginning of the year. Then he got hot again, and now I'm not really sure what to expect. Nola seems to go not get pulled in – like for all the fuss over leaving pitchers in, like not long enough, Noah has been like left in too long. Just hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not saying they actually left him in too long, but like he he's been like one inning short of, of right. being good a lot this year. And uh, yeah, so like Noah is a wild card. So is Arietta. You never know. Like Pavetta got sent down and then came up and has been stronger since, but has been giving had problems um you know like it, it, it's just it, it is hard like i don't know that the pitching is there um especially in 
in a fashion where you look like that's what you need. You need you need guys that are going to be dominant for five or six innings, two times through the lineup, and then you go to your bullpen. And is with, there- with the injuries, I think we have the guys that can be dominant for five or six innings. I really do. Like I think Noah can give you five or six strong innings. I think um, Arietta can give you five or six. Pavetta can give you five or six. Okay, but the bullpen, yeah, I think I think he can, like as a, a four, you know, or something like that. Velasquez um, or Irvin. Well, that's where you start getting to, like, I, I don't know. Um, because Velasquez looks like he needs to be in the bullpen. He he's he's been much today. better at the bullpen. Right. He was terrible today, but I kind of attribute that to, like. Getting thrown to the fire. Right. They're like, oh, we don't really have a starter for today, so we're going to go with our starter who worked his way into the bullpen. Wait, um, what was the re- – I, I missed – why were they messed up like that? I don't why? know. Um, I think it was – I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure. Hmm. Well, but, like, you hope on a day like today you can at least eat up innings, and no one could do that because they were terrible today. So, well, I, mean, we'll, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, they have – And I know people are mad at Kapler, but, like – People always Look at the at injured him. list. Like, what's, what's funny is a lot of the people – not a lot. But there are people who did not like Charlie, didn't like Charlie Manuel, like because he did always did things by his gut and like you know he just has a personality I guess that like I like. But some people like it rubbed them the wrong way, like all this stuff. Like he wasn't fiery enough, kind of for them. Well, he was old school. But then like you get Kapler in there, and they like they don't like Kapler. Well, who do you want? Like right. they, you know. They want Larry Boa, who proved that he's not a head coach. Like, he's had his chance, you know. Is that really what people say? That's who they want? I feel like I've heard a number of people say that, yes. Hmm. Um, but I just, I don't want Larry Boa. I don't want people. I wanted about, Ryan Sandberg to work. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was a dumpster fire. That like, did not work. No. Um, and I think that can be seen by the fact that, like, he's nowhere close to being back as a coach. Yeah, I don't like, even know where he's do, what he's doing right, right. now. Um, like, I feel like the Ryan Sandberg thing, along with being in Philly at that time, was, like, the worst possible scenario. Like, you know, he'd been trying to get a shot for so long, and it didn't come, didn't yeah, come. And then, and then he got, got it, it, and it, it was the not, terrible Phillies teams. Yeah, it was but not good. I think if they can weather the injury storm and get some of the guys back and just weather the storm till the All-Star break, I think they have a – I'll just have to be yeah, a playoff oh, team. I'm not like, discounting them. I'm right. not saying. But it is, it's going to be a struggle all year because, like, they should probably have four or five more wins at this point in the season than, you they, than they do. have to win your division, and you probably should win your division. So, yeah, like, you don't want to be a wild card and have to go to a one-game playoff, especially, like, in the Phillies position. Who do you pitch in a one-game playoff? I mean, you, I, you have to go NOLA. I guess. I mean, I don't. Who else would you? I think. But see, here's the thing: if you're playing for the wild card, you you're pitching your guys right up through, probably too, possibly like right through the end. Right, and then the ro- so like then the rotation of the rotation will matter. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's one of those things, like because I was thinking about this during the Wilson baseball run, you know, because mm-hmm. you wanted to give the ball to Holman every game yeah. if you could, because he's you know he's quite the talent as only a sophomore. You know, but if it came down to it that he could pitch, but would you do you throw him in that game or do you save him for the next game? But there's well, no guarantee there's the, a in next the district game. semifinal. They didn't pitch him 
they save him for the and district he could championship. Have, and they were like, no, we want him for the next game because they're like, it's either the district championship or the state qualifier, and we want him for that game. And I'm like, well, yeah, kudos to that. And it worked. And it worked because they ended up winning the district championship um, and actually won two games in the state champion or in the state playoffs and got to the uh, Elite Eight and lost by a run. Um, and it was fundamentals that got them not yeah, pitching or batting. It was a. Uh, yeah, the errors took it took them down, but man, what a what the he- what a heck of a season they had, man! I'm like tongue tongue tied there. What a great season they had! Oh, absolutely, they're super young, so it'll be fun to watch to watch them next year as well. But, but yeah, I I'm not concerned. I'm concerned about the Phillies just because I get concerned day in day out. But it's a long season. You know, they're a game and a half out of first midway through June with all these injuries. You know, if they can get right. And maybe add a pitching piece. Now, here you go. If you could add one pitching piece, would you add a bullpen arm? Like a good bullpen arm. I'm not even asking you to name names. But let's say you could add a good bullpen arm or you could add a, a solid, like, number two or three starting pitcher. Starter. I'm picking starter because, like you mentioned earlier, it's if you're getting someone that can throw a quality start or better every time out, it makes everyone else around it better. So, it yeah, absolutely. I, I If I can get a number three – you know, I don't really know. I mean, I, I still know is number one. I would probably say Arietta's two. So if you can get a guy to slot in behind them or make Arietta the three, right. like now I'm happy because well, that's, that's, that's how I look at it. Like you look at, all right, well, if you add a guy who's a two or a three, well, that makes your two now your three. So like when you're matching up against other teams, you've got a, a guy that you had as a two going against their three, you know, and then that four and five guy, when you get down in, basically that fifth guy or maybe the guy who's five now becomes a bullpen guy, you know, like, and it's just, it's, it's all about matchups. So, um, it just gives you more flexibility if you have some success across the board. Well, once, uh, once the playoffs really get going, you only throw four arms usually, right? Yeah. So, and it's all about the pitching there. You need the pitching there. Absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Phillies, but we're not going to just talk about baseball. So why don't we touch on Penn State a little bit here? Okay. Uh, oh, because man. yeah, I don't know. It. It's. It, I mean, it, anyone that follows Penn State knows that things it, have been fishy recently. Right. It's kind of one of those things where it's like the sky is falling, and like just get me to the season. Right. Like, that's like that's pretty much when what I I'm look at. at things. Like yeah, there's been it's been a bumpy road the last couple weeks. However, like. As I've said to you, let's get to this. Let's get to the season. Like let's let's get to the season because I am the firm believer here that like um, this season is going to mean a lot for Penn State football, good or bad, yep, or somewhere in between, which is probably where it'll end up. Just because that seems to be where it is, you know, it's kind of one of those where you're like left thinking it should have been better, but you look back and you're like, eh, it could have been worse. Um, that seems to be what we've had lately. Um, and I just like all the other stuff has been recruiting stuff right now, you know, like, and when I look at that, while that's frustrating and like trying to figure out what, what the heck's going on there. Um, they've had so many recruiting wins over the last couple of years. I think that's where, you know, you don't have to go back far in the calendar to where like these guys that like decommitted and stuff like that, wouldn't have even been considered on the Penn radar. State. So like, yeah. not that that makes it okay, but I was having this conversation with someone the other day, like, 
part of what has changed in college football over the last 10, 15 years is the fact that, like, if you had one five-star guy, two five-star guys, like, that was an incredible recruiting class. Like, you know, like, insanely good recruiting class. Mm -hmm. Now there are teams like like Clemson rolling out there and getting double-digit, like, five-star guys. Right. You know, like, and Alabama had gotten to the where they are because – they're too deep is filled with five-star and four-star guys. Right. You know, like I think this was maybe this year, or like last year in one of their playoff games, there was a thing where they had their second string in because they were blowing somebody out like cr- like crazy. And there's still a bunch of in four the playoffs, five-star guys. And they had more four- and five-star guys on their second string than like entire conferences had. Like it, it's just insane. So that's where you see this huge thing and like, yeah, the, it's the conversation absurd. that I was having with someone, and it's one I've had with this this person over and over, or not over and over, but multiple times, is like, I when I look at Penn State, and I don't really know if I'm an optimist or a pessimist when it comes to Penn State a lot of times. I feel like I'm an optimist before the season, and then during the season, I right. become a pessimist. Yeah. Um, but gonna like, fix, I got to fix this camera. Just oh, keep no going. Problem. But then I, I feel like when we go through – um, like I, I can look and there's like at least, you know, a few games where I'm like, I don't think we're going to win that game. And when you, you think about the top programs, like they don't feel that way about any game. You know what I mean? Like if you think about an Ohio state fan, like they're probably looking at their schedule, like, all right, we can go undefeated this year. Like, yeah. And, and Clemson is like, we can go undefeated. this year. Right. Clemson is bad. And Alabama are bad examples. I'm well, not looking. But Clemson but, to me is so funny because they're. No, I'm telling you, I think. And I'm still – that's the model Penn State has. Like, you know, the the guy that was – people had questions about as as a head coach in, in Dabo. Like, people didn't want him for that Clemson job. Mm-hmm. When, and when he got it, people were mad that he got it. Yeah. Um, because he was on the staff and he got appointed because it was just – things were in shambles there. And then he he turned it around. Remember, like there was the Clemsoning. You know, people talked about Clemsoning, which they don't talk about anymore. About how like they'd win a game and then they'd lose to somebody they had no business losing to. Um, and then they finally, through recruiting, got over the hump. Now that's where it's a little concerning because, like, you see the little hiccups here where have a few guys decommit. I heard, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff that like it's because Penn State has said like like a lot of schools if you're committed even verbally we don't want you taking visits mm-hmm. and other yeah. people want to take visits and you know is that it well that's fine i am of the standpoint of like if you're not ready to commit just don't commit just yet. Don't like commit, that's fine yeah. like um it was weird seeing yeah. julian fleming at the seven on sevens this week at penn state when he went to ohio is going to ohio state um but like it wasn't a great what two plus weeks for right. penn state right but like I said, if they get to the season, all right, so Idaho opening weekend. Yeah, obviously have to win that. Uh, second yeah, week yeah. Um, is pit week two. Um, I believe so. I don't know if they're week two or week three. I don't. I think they're week two. Um, but if they're, if they're week two, um, yeah, you have to win that one. You're at Penn State for that one. Um, and then when you get to um, week three, you have Buffalo. At home, and Buffalo is no slouch, you right. know, of like a MAC team, but like you get them at home, like you absolutely need to win that game, right? So three and zero, and then I think they have off, and then I think they go to Maryland on a Friday night, um, and so 
you know, when, when I'm looking at this, I just think like they have the chance to get things rolling. And then, um, they, I think they have Michigan early in. Yeah. So it gets tough then after that. Maryland. So like, Oh no, they do have Buffalo week two. It's pit week three. Hmm. So you have, you have Idaho, Buffalo, then Pitt, and then a bye. Then you're, Friday at Maryland. I do like that that it's not a short week, but Friday night at Maryland, not not really a fan of that. They're going to have a new coach. It's going to be – Yeah, Loxley, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get there. There's always been some talent there. They just haven't really been able to get it going in the right direction. Purdue, I – that's one of those where, yeah, noon game at Beaver Stadium in October against Homecoming. Purdue. Do not like that. Um, and then you're at Iowa. That's a tough one. And Michigan. So, but like, they should be five and zero. One, two, three. Yes, they should be. And then, anything less than five and zero, you're gonna start hearing people get really it's mad. Gonna, it's gonna be because like there, in no world should you lose to Idaho or Buffalo. No, you can't lose to Pitt, not at home. Right. If you, you need you, to win three out of four in this series, you're up two to one, and you probably should have won the first one. Yeah. In that yeah. shootout. It makes three years doesn't ago. throw the bad pick. Yeah. You do. Or if Deshaun Hamilton doesn't drop the p- touchdown pass. So, I mean, at a minimum, you need to start 3 and 0. But, I mean, yeah, it's tough to say like, who's what, better, Pitt, but, Maryland, or Purdue. But while you talk about Friday at Maryland, it's going to be tough. Like, you absolutely need to win that game. Like, if you're going to be a, a big time team, you need to win that game. Now, that's going to be. Sean Clifford's first road game is a Friday night game where hopefully Maryland has a couple losses and it's already, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hopefully they lose a couple early. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> you know, so that's maybe the wind, or, wind is out of their sails. Um, they got Howard, they, Syracuse, Syracuse, Temple. Syracuse could beat them. Temple hopefully will be um, a toss up. And then they have off too. That's crazy. Both teams have off going into the Friday night game. Um, they won't be looking past us at Rutgers, though. No, because so, that's uh, a buy. <laughs> that's, that's another buy. If you have .com in your stadium name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then here we go. I, at Iowa, then against Michigan, and at Michigan State. I think, at best, we win two out of three there. I hope we win two out of three there. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like Best case scenario, I put us at winning two out of three. And the, the crazy thing is there, the – Two, the best team is the one we play at Penn State, and that might be the one I think we have the best chance at winning because it's at Penn State. Because like at Iowa and at Michigan State, yeah, I want that October twenty sixth. Well, after Franklin, the last two years, Franklin hasn't won at Ohio State, at Michigan State, or at Michigan. He hasn't won at any of those three. Well, you're going to need to change that this year. Yeah. Man, if they could win, I'll be really happy if they win two out of those three. Like two out of those yeah, three. Yeah, because that'd be you hope like, they're I'll be at disa- seven and I'll one. I'll be disappointed in the loss, but seven and one so, going into November, see, I'll be pumped. No, but if you're seven and zero oh and you lose at Michigan State, you're not going to be happy with seven and one. Right, because they still won't have won it, and then you're like, what's what's going on? Yeah, I. That's a tough October, man. That is. Then you got Minnesota, who's no slouch. Um, but you should win that one. Indiana, you get it home. You must win that one. At Ohio State, I count that as a loss. That's like a loss, yeah. Mean, I mean, you haven't proven it. No. You've beaten them one time. It was kind of a fluke. You had you had Saquon Barkley, the best football player in Penn State 
history. And you had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, and you choked. Like, that's what happened there. You choked. Um, so what makes me think you're going to do it this year? I, I don't. I would love to see it, but there's no way it happened. They should have done it last year. They should have beat, beat them. Yeah. Should have, they should be on a three-game winning streak against Ohio State. Yeah. The game they shouldn't have beat Ohio State is, is the, the game one they, they beat won. them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's why it's so frustrating. And then they should beat Rutgers. So let's let's scroll up here and let's let's go through and and do our oh, records. Oh gosh, here. yeah, boy, here we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. You are putting me on the yeah. spot, big time. All right, Idaho, I'm going one and zero. Oh, I agree with you. All right, Buffalo two, two and zero. Pitt three and zero. Three and zero. Maryland. Did they beat the bye week. Maryland four and zero. Here we go. Now we're getting. Now they're, it's getting then, real. Okay, they're not losing to Purdue at home on homecoming. With a long, with a, say long week, you get the extra day. I, I just don't see it. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I expect them to go into Iowa undefeated. Okay, so we're gonna go five and zero at Iowa. I'm going five and one. You think they're gonna lose at Kinnick? Yeah, I do. At, at night, <sighs> that's gonna be a night game. Uh, that, uh, yes, yeah. yeah they're gonna play. Is. They're gonna play a night game and lose. They're gonna. I bet they're at least three thirty for Michigan. Now it's getting into late October, so like that'll. Be you know, but I guess that's at least the three thirty game. Michigan State game will probably be three thirty. Well, I gotta say, what am I gonna do at Iowa? Yeah. Um. See, I feel like if I go win at Iowa, I have to go win at Michigan. But if I go lose at Iowa, I feel like I'm gonna have to say losing. You know, like I feel like no, they're staring down a a two game losing streak here in the middle. They of the easily season. they easily could lose. At at Iowa against Michigan and then at Michigan State and then you have a bye and you haven't won you haven't won a football game in a month, which happened to him this year. I don't think. Fine, I'll go. I'll match your loss at Iowa. All right, so five and one, Michigan at but home. I say they beat Michigan at I'm home. I'm going to go six and one. I but am. then lose to Michigan That's State. That's what I'm going to do. Six road. and two, absolutely. So then they're six and two going in the bye and they're six and two, which isn't terrible. But you're like, who have they beaten? The only big game they had, they won at home. Right at Minnesota, I'm going seven and two. Yeah, I'm going seven and two because as much as I want to give them a loss there because it's a road game, I, they're not going to like be one of these only good at home, only and bad on the road. Right. So seven and two, they're going to beat Indiana at home, eight and two, eight and two. Then they're going to go to Ohio State and lose eight and three, <laughs> and then they're yeah, going to demolish Rutgers on Senior Day, nine and three, nine and three, and here we but are, but not good enough for the Big Ten championship nine, because right. they're behind. I guess just Ohio State. Ohio State, but it depends on how Michigan does. Michigan will be right there. They'll be second place in the division and probably third or fourth best team in the conference. I mean, honestly, well, no, because, I mean, unless Ohio State loses someone else, it's going to say there could be a round-robin three-way where Ohio State beats Penn State, Penn State beats Michigan, Michigan beats Ohio State. Michigan didn't beat Ohio State last year. I'm not sure it's ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's never happening again, ever. So I I don't want to go back to where we started with Penn State, but my dad texted me and said, what happened the last two and a half weeks? So um, so so. it started with Penn State missing out on five-star Wide receiver Julian Fleming from Southern Columbia, what, like 90 minutes from State College. Yeah. He, I think, was a Penn State fan growing up or, yeah. like. I think one of his parents <laughs> went to Penn State. Right. Like, so it's a big loss, and he goes to Ohio State. This is the number one player in Pennsylvania, number, like, 
depending on the recruiting service, I think anywhere from like number three to number 10 in the nation at any position. And you lose out on him to your your biggest Big Ten right. rival. Like I said, I had said to you before, like I was like, he's not going to Penn State, but I hope he goes to Clemson, like or Alabama. <laughs> right, like, go to Clemson who or cares? Alabama because Penn State's not going to have to play them. Um, then, oh, then he goes to Ohio State. Then he goes. So that was the beginning of this. Yeah. Then, th- not one, not two. But three, four stars for this upcoming recruiting class decommit from Penn State in the last, what, week? One, and one directly flips to Ohio, Ohio State. State. So, <coughs> you know, there's, there's obviously... And the other two opened up their recruiting. Stuff flying around right. and whatnot. Who knows what's going on. Um, but the snake oil is alive and well in, in, out in Ohio and yeah. Columbus right now. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it's just it's awkward because it's most of the time it's been Penn State on the other end receiving right. players flipping. And that's where I'm not mad at kids because I'm not Penn mad State at has kids. I just want to know what's going on. Right. Like, right. Why? I, I just want them why. to come to Penn State. Is it all a coincidence or is there something else that we don't know about? Like it just right. makes me think that something's going on inside the program or in the coaching staff or like that we don't know See, about. See, I think there's just a lot of turnover. With the recruiting department, they look at all the people they lost in the football operations and all that stuff. The guy went to Oregon. The guy went, you know, they there's a lot of turnover in those guys that like we don't necessarily know about, but do a lot of the recruiting and of that job. And I think, um, I think it's just changed a bit. So, but that's where, like, so th- yes, that is concerning. But you know what makes that better? Winning, winning games, right? Yeah. Well, and. and- all four of those guys may have decommitted or have and then committed to someone else or committed to someone else off the bat, excuse me, but until mid-December rolls around, they're free game for anyone. Like, yeah. And as we've seen, just because you say I'm Penn committed doesn't mean like, anything. Right. Penn State gets guys like that too. Now, Julian Fleming says when he committed, he committed, but how many other guys have done that before? So what if, what if Ohio State bombs this year? Right. What if their offense can't get going? What right. if Justin Fields isn't the answer? Yeah, Justin Fields who couldn't win the starting job at Georgia. Now, I mean, I was ecstatic when he committed to Penn State. What feels like a decade ago, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, a lot can happen, and you know, you know, we just went through Penn State schedule and we say like we're probably optimistic nine and three, and there's a you know a couple games in there that are maybe pushes that we count as wins, and you know, some that we just think will be losses, but. Anything can happen. I mean, think back to 2016. They started two and two. Did we honestly think they'd go ten and two and win the Big Ten? Right, right. And, well, and, and don't, be this don't close forget. to so winning we play the Ohio Rose State Bowl? the second to last game now. Yeah, and they have Michigan the, the next, next week. week. Yeah. So like, as much as the whole unrivaled is Ohio State our rival, like all that kind of stuff. That well, goes no, around. we can't ever be like Ohio. It's State. a rivalry to us, but. When they got Michigan on their schedule, we're we're not important to right, them. Right, right, we're not, and that's where it really is. Like, there isn't really a true rival because, like, people say, "Oh, it's Pitt," but it's not really a rival if you only play every like couple decades. We, you know, we're, like, we're finishing up a four game series here, and then I don't think they're on the schedule they in aren't, the foreseeable they aren't, future, which is a big thing. But Pitt wants home and homes, and that's not good enough for Penn State because Penn State needs the seven home games. So we'll Pitt, see. Pitt probably makes more money at away games considering they only sell like 10,000 tickets. So. Right. And as much as I want. And, and wait, wait till they're not selling season tickets because Penn State's not on the schedule. 
as much as I want to say that Pitt could be, is a rival, it's it's not in the same ballpark. Like, it's just no. not. No, a rival is it's every year back and forth like Texas Oklahoma. Well, and just you know? and as much as the annoying people on Twitter want to make it out, the Pitt program's not on the same level as Penn State. No. Pitt well, didn't like, capitalize on the dark years 15 years ago when no, it was yeah. bad, like right. when Penn State wasn't good for the majority of 2000 through 2005. You know, there was a five season, 2000 through 04, where Penn State only had one winning season. That yeah. was when Pitt had to capitalize, and they didn't. Right. You know who did at that time? West Virginia. West Virginia yeah. was the better team in the region <laughs> at the time. Well, and like I think Pitt, West Virginia is, well, it used to be. I mean, do they right. still play every year? No. They got no. rid of that because of the, the realignment. Right. So. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to be Penn State, Ohio State, or I want Pitt to get better and and football to matter to them. Although basketball certainly doesn't matter to them right now either. So it's just a crappy place to go. I don't know why you would go there. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know why anyone would want to go there. Um, but you know, everyone has to have a safety school. <laughs> Do you think we're losing listeners or gaining listeners? I don't think we're losing I, listeners, no. Because I think the people that listen to us agree with us. <laughs> most likely. Most likely. And Maryland's not much better. The so. group think is strong. <laughs> but, well, let's wrap it up. Just a couple quick ones. And I'll throw this mostly at you. I won't have too much to say because it's Eagles related. But what do you think about the Wentz, the I Wentz like extension? I've. I, it's interesting to me that I like reading like football reporters. The people who do this for their job are like, this is one of the most complex deals they've ever seen. <laughs> um, whereas, like, it's really not fully guaranteed until like next, like nine days into the 2020 football like year. So, like, basically, this year is a prove it year for Wentz. Now, there is unless unless Wentz has a season-ending injury, which I mean he's had plenty of. Um, it's highly, highly unlikely that the Eagles are going to walk away from the contract before the ninth day of the 2020 football year. Right. Which is like nine which months would away. Which would guarantee the rest of the contract. Or that portion. Right. Know, it basically becomes that $128 million deal at that point. I I mean, I like it. If, if he's your guy, you have to do it. An average salary right now. So not counting when Dak signs, not counting when golf signs, not counting when all these next guy, when Baker eventually signs and all. I know we're a couple years away from that and stuff, but like he's already going to be seventh in average salary, not one, not two, not three. Like, yeah, you're paying him a lot, but you're not paying him crazy, crazy money. Yeah. It's all relative, but you're right. not paying him crazy money. What are, what are you supposed to do? Like he was the MVP. He still should have been the MVP the year they won the Super Bowl. Right. He had a better year than Brady. Like I know Brady played all the games, but he had in the 13 games, he had a better year than Brady had in 16 games. Like, I, you know, he, he didn't show the same thing last year, but like I, I I'm convinced that he's more than good enough. Like, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and they're paying him as a top 10 quarterback. No issue. Um, you have to go for it. Like, you know, trying to reset, like if he didn't do it, you're basically saying we're going to have to move on. Oh, and, but we're too good to be at the top of the draft. So we're going to have to trade more draft capital to get up and try and get our next franchise guy. No, not going to happen. Um, I, I, I like that they did it. If, if you are convinced that he's your guy, 
then you have to go with it. And that's what they did. And I like that they did it before Dak signed, who has to sign, doesn't have to, but is going to have to sign this summer because he's not a first round pick. So he, they didn't have a fifth year clause. He doesn't have an extra time. So yeah. like he, they're going to have to sign him this year. And now what do you do if you're the Cowboys? You know what they're going to do. They're going to sign him to more than what the Eagles just signed Wentz to. All right. The Cowboys, who were in worst cap position to begin with, are going to have to sign their quarterback, who I believe is not as good, has produced, but I like at their best, I take Wentz over Dak every single day. Well, I don't know that and, you're going to get an, an, an argument right. against that from and, me and or yet, the guy right. listening. And, so. and you're going to pay Dak more. Okay. To a team that's already yeah. strapped. Like when you run through that list, I know it's a, a group of veterans, so you never know when that drop off is going to come. But when you look at that, that group of veterans that the Eagles have signed locked up for the next three years, it's it's unbelievable. They have like 18 like core guys locked up for the next like few years. So I feel like the window is still wide open in in Philly, whereas I feel like, all right, you're gonna sign Dak to that huge deal. What are you gonna do with Ezekiel Elliott, who you know he's gonna thinks want and knows money. he's yeah. better than Dak is. You know what I yeah. mean? In terms of but, but, he also, but he's a running back in a position that doesn't... He also makes stupid decisions off the field. He does. He does. So Whereas like, Dak has, at least since he's been in the NFL, been fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I don't... Dak is one of those players that I dislike him because he plays for the Cowboys. Right. Like, but... Now, I, I, I understand he can't take the injury part out of it with, with Wentz. But, like, I still feel like if he's your guy, you have to you have to go for it. So... Not to jump back to Penn State, but it's something I don't know if you've read this article or not. And your Terry Gross Matos, did you read the ESPN article? I saw it, but I didn't. It is crazy. Like, it's absolutely absurd what him and his family have gone through over the years. But uh, he's one of the reasons I'm excited for the season is to see what he's able to do this year and how the Penn State defense is going to be, especially with Micah Parsons probably slotted in the starting role. I saw Phil Steele name both of them preseason first-team All-Americans. So Penn State having two first-team guys on defense, when was the last time that happened? Um, Was it 90? I was going to say probably 90. I was going to say 99 because wasn't that when LeVar and – I don't know what year that was. Yeah, I I was thinking that was probably – It would have been the 99. 99 uh, when LeVar and And Courtney Brown. Brown. So, you know, now you got – Brown's took Courtney Brown. Micah and Yatour. So, but yeah, he – his father, Yatour Gross Matos' father, biological father – passed away basically saving him uh, in a boating I- incident and then when he i forget how old he was i want to say like like eight like six to eight six to ten somewhere in there i only read it through the article once it's tough it's a tough read to know right. th- the things he's gone through but then his older brother who was 12 gets struck by lightning at their baseball game and dies <laughs> like your dad died saving you, right. basically, and then you witness your older brother get killed, both in you know natural accidents. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it was it's a, it's a great article to read, but I mean, it doesn't make you feel good. No, no. Uh, but it's incredible to see the thing that he's had to gone through, but the way that they've persevered and their family is very very strong and tight knit. It's got a great story about a blanket that they wear at games, and it's very good. So if you um, go to ESPN.com and look for the article just posted at the end of this past week, I want to say Thursday. Um, you know, I'm not an advocate for much of what ESPN does, but they do still do some good uh, 
uh, journalism like this, and this is a very, very good one because it's one the I didn't know. They do well. They do really. Yeah, well. I, actually, I was surpri- kept checking to make sure. Like, this isn't the Athletic. I yeah. thought this was the Athletic because that's where I get my my good sports uh, journalism so from. Good. So good. But yeah, no, this one came from ESPN. It was very, very well written, very well researched, and it was a great interview and laying it on the line of what's gone on in the um, the superstar at Penn State, Yotogros Matos, the defensive end, who burst onto the scene last year with 20 tackles for a loss for the Nittany Lions. And, you know, it's unfortunate to lose Sharif Miller, but knowing that your tour is there coming back and the guys that can fill in, including Jason they've Owa, got a, they've got a bunch Shane of guys Simmons, ready and uh, Shaka Tony. So. They'll be okay. Defense, you know, if Penn State's able to pull off some of those three losses that we picked them out to have, it'll be because of the defense, I think. Yeah. Or Sean Clifford becomes like the next big thing and makes us forget about Trace McSorley, which is going to take a long time to do, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be that would be huge. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, me too. Especially because we have him for sorry, Trace. Is he Richard Soft? I think he's a redshirt soft, yeah. Okay, so he could technically leave really whenever he wants, but uh, I do expect big things from him this year, so it's just <laughs> kind of, you know, what do they do in the backfield with the running backs? No, just, Does the offensive line finally reach the peak that we thought him, they were getting hang, to? Let him hang 100 on Ohio State at Ohio State. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, uh, But I think that's it. Now, next week is the Bulldog Hour. It's the third episode of the fifth season of the show. I will be doing it. I don't know if Justin will be joining me, but it will be going on as planned. It's a, uh, you know, it's an important week this week in the program because it's, you know, kind of the at least public kickoff of the season because Thursday is Wilson's hosting their seven on seven. Friday is their biggest fundraiser of the year and the the annual golf tournament. You know, and they've already done the uh, voluntary practices three days a week that's been going on. So this is kind of when it starts to come into focus. People start thinking about the fall. So I want to do the show a uh, week from tonight, which will actually be the six-year anniversary of the 100th episode of this show when we he- hosted one Mr. Chad Henney at the church, which was a lot of fun. So yeah, exactly uh, a week from tonight will that's be crazy. six years since we did our 100th episode. I was going to say. Six years is like, man, that's a long time. Six years since we did our 100th episode. Yeah, six years since we did the 100th, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, right around the corner. And we, we've always talked about doing something big for maybe 200. Now that didn't work. Maybe 250. So I don't know. Maybe we'll try to do something for 300. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, the way it's set up right now is there'll be no shows in two weeks, Sunday, June 30th. But I do plan on doing one in three weeks, July 7th. That will be the continuation of our NFL preview, and we will cover the AFC East and the AFC playoffs the following week. And so a month from now, July 14th, will be the conclusion of the NFL preview, part five of the five episodes with the NFC East and our Super Bowl predictions. And then uh, there will be shows to round out July, but it might be a, a friend's thing as uh, you know, vacations and other uh, – other things come up that we may miss a week here and there, but the plan is right now to have a couple friends topics at the end of July, and that'll be it. So then we're going to the Bulldog Hour, and I have no idea when this sports show will be back. It just depends on how things shake out with the Wilson football season. Hopefully uh, right before Christmas. Yeah, that's always <laughs> that's the goal. That is the goal. Uh, you know, I, We don't like to avoid you know, our, our regular show, especially during NFL season, but... You know, 
No, if I'm talking to you, like, I have no problem if after middle of July, the next time we officially get to talk about the Eagles on the show is when they've locked up the division. In in December, December, right? I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay (laughs) with that. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. That's big of you. I like to be the bigger man. Uh, Right, yeah. Well, I'd expect nothing less. So... Any uh, anything to mention? Any shout outs? Anything you want to get out there? I feel like there's something. Oh, Happy Father's Day! Well, yeah, I was gonna get to that. That was that was um, what I was going to say. Yeah, but I so. feel like there was something like specific. Yeah, I didn't know if you had like, family Wilson I'm, birthday there probably is one, something. I don't. I that don't you just can't remember. Yeah, I'm sure I'm missing something too. It's not popping up in my mind right now. But I will also say Happy Father's Day uh, to my dad, to your dad. Uh, to all the dads out there listening, uh, also to you, <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's a uh, dad dad life everywhere. It's a uh, it's, it's a big thing. Those are fun pages to follow on social media. Yes. The dad, which is I think you introduced me to that. Some of the stuff is just painfully accurate, <laughs> painfully accurate. But we, uh, yeah, it's a good. There was time. a time where like sports was mainly like ninety nine percent of what we texted each other was sports related. Now it's probably only like 97%. Yeah, it dropped a little bit. Because like 3% of that is, I'd say 2.9% is dad stuff. And then 1% is like, hey, like, are you whatever, you know, like actual day-to-day meaningful questions. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, things change. Priorities change. Even it only drops about 3%. (laughs) So, I think that's it. Thanks for joining us for episode 280 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. We will be back in three weeks with this show on July 7th to continue our 2019 NFL predictions with a look at the AFC East and the AFC playoff scenarios. So, until next time, I'm Joe Mays. He's Justin Raffoff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.